Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm here, ready to go, guys. Perfect. Vance is somewhere. That's that's about what we know. I got a a photo, like a, like a clue, um, where he's at. And other than that, I don't know exactly where. But touring the country, we'll put it that way. Yes, he is not in our time zone. No, <laughs> no. So I didn't even bother to. Um, send a phone call to him to see if he wanted to do a podcast, mainly because he's on vacation with his wife in a different time zone. And it would be, I don't know, they could be eating dinner right now for all I know. And, but so that's where Vance is at. And let's see, that's our little little thing intro. All right. So this podcast is brought to you by fat AZ musky products. Fatazmusky.com is our website. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Fatty Z Musky Products. Give us the old like right there, follow us, or whatever the term is for whichever outlet, and you can see the content that we don't bring on a very regular basis. But we'll get a little active here, probably as we start painting some baits, which on the bait front, you would find baits at Musky Tackle Online and Team Rhino Outdoors. I don't know what their inventory looks like right now, but they both retail outlets, online retail outlets, I should say, um, have orders placed with us for baits. Those will be started here probably around the holidays, after the holidays, just trying to get through some of the stuff that fall brings. Uh, But other than that, the rod holders, they're all in stock, and I'm answering questions about boat setups and packaging up Christmas gifts and all this good stuff. That comes with the holiday season. So if you, I ship pretty much the next day, unless there's some kind of an issue or a special request. So there's still plenty of time. If you want to get rod holders for Christmas or anything like that, that's boat setup related that I can help you with. And the best way to know if I can help you is to reach out and ask some questions. I will give plenty of pointers and suggestions. And I think that's good for AC. So, Todd? Okay. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguides.com. Get a hold of us. We're going to be fishing a little bit in April, May in Pennsylvania. Numerous lakes around here, if you, you know, whichever ones you want to hit or you can take our suggestion. And then uh, last Saturday in May through November, we're fishing up at Chautauqua, the famous Chautauqua Lake, New York. And, uh, We'll do our best to get you out there and get you on some fish. If you have a time, if you know when you're coming, uh, who knows what everybody's doing this day and age with uh, you know, Pennsylvania. We're shut down again now as of today. But, uh, if you, you know, if you have a vacation plan, get a hold of us because, you know, the books are about halfway full already for next season. So uh, we'll do our best to get you in there. We'll do some evening trips throughout the summer months. You know, uh, we'll be watching the water temps and doing what we can. But uh, get a hold of us. We will get you out there and get you on some fish. Perfect. And you'll be fishing out of Ranger Boats. Uh, Big thanks to Ranger for supporting this show. And if you're in our area, please look up Vix Marine, where you can find all your Ranger needs. Uh, Look to them for service. And... They are fishermen who set up fishing boats. That's a big thing. Anyone that's ever run into a marina that sets up a lot more ski and pontoon boats, 
they tend to not have the knowledge that a fisherman would. So that's important when looking for a dealer. So be sure to look them up. Uh, St. Croix Rods, big sponsor of the show here too. Uh, thanks to them. If you're looking for a Christmas gift, a lot of retail outlets sell St. Croix Rods. Go up to the racks, grab the rods, feel them. Um, it's it's really hard to gauge how a rod is going to feel until you actually put it in your hands. Or you could be like me and guess and just say it's going to be good enough and fall in love with it. But it's nice to grab, touch, feel, and St. Croix has a great network of dealers that allow you to do that. And Muskie's I'm going to touch, okay. yeah, touch real quick back on Vic. So we talked a couple podcasts about ago that i had a little had a little issue it, well a, more than a little i had it yeah actually we just found this out it was a little bit more than a little issue you know hit the prop hit the boat blah 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 i never did that and uh but those guys got a hold of me just here recently I dropped the boat off told them it's no real big deal right now because i gotta have it ready for the spring and i didn't know what was uh you know nobody knew until you start ripping into something what actually happened and got a call here the other day that uh you know yeah there was a little more damage than than just a prop oh yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i knew that but uh those guys at vix they got a hold of me all set up called the insurance company this is my second claim i'm 51 years old uh second insurance claim ever had to did ever had to do we got robbed at one time 20 some years ago uh they took a bunch of my stuff out of the garage but uh yeah they got a hold of me got it all lined up i had to send some stuff in Jester's going to go over take a look and uh hopefully we got it all you know sort of figured out but uh you know vix was right on it they didn't put a lot of burden on me they just said here do this do that they talked me through it. They've been through this before because they are uh, dealing with this stuff all the time. So, well, did did they explain to you what you broke and twisted and bent up? Yeah, I mean, I knew I could smell lower unit oil. Mm-hmm. So I knew I, you know, you know, the seals are gone. Okay. You know, did, right? did it, like <laughs> I mean, it. it, uh, it you know, there's just gears, shafts, and bearings in there. So apparently you bent, you know, and maybe did you crack the case? Did you? No, they said it got into the drive, the, the drive coming down. Oh, wow. You actually got into the drive shaft from the motor? Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. That's more than just like, eh, that yeah. could still be like a complete lower unit right there. But So it's, yeah, that, and that, that's what they said. It's going to be a complete lower unit. Well, so. Yep. Here's 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 the lesson, kids. Don't hit things that are hard underwater. Don't hit things. I'll, I'll bet it never happens to me again. Well, you got to do it once in your life, right? Yeah, I, I haven't had a like big lower unit shattering event. But yeah, that's crazy from where you fish. It, the only it, thing is your boat gets out a couple times a year. I know. I, I'm saying like we're, we're looking at the. the <laughs> The, the frequency of, of time that is spent on the water, but the, but the amount of hazards is exponentially greater. Oh, exponentially greater. <laughs> That's why I'm saying I don't think it'll ever happen because my boat ain't going where you're taking your boat. I can tell you that. 
No, I mean, and I, I miss it too, but when, when the season is like full bore, like when I really want to be there and I, and I drive by the creek just, just in normal travels throughout the day mm-hmm. and work, and I just see all of the cars and trucks and trailers parked there yep. and all yep. of the canoes and kayaks, especially this year. Especially I'm just like, it, I, I lost am, some of it. Yeah. Yep. It, it, it lost some of its like shine and, it, mm-hmm. and it's, I don't know what like this late stuff. It's deer season. And as you just said, it lost so much shine. There's probably so many people parked there. And I mean, th- there's so times, there's I mean, walleye fishermen, there's eight. Right. Uh, and and it I'm finding as the the saying we make our own prisons come to mind. Mm. When, when it comes to this, you know, I I have found that there is a lower like threshold that I'll have that I'll talk myself out of doing something. And and mm-hmm. and, and I know I'm doing it. I mean, this is a personal gripe that I have with myself. I know I will put up like, oh, geez, I got to do this. Yeah. You know what's easier? Just going to work. Yeah. And and and, it, and, yeah. I, <laughs> and it's not a good thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, but it's also, yeah. it's not a bad thing either. But it's not I look, a bad thing either. Yeah. I, I look at like, there's times I'm like, I would feel like I'm wasting my time out there. Because, mm-hmm. you know, if I have to go four miles but I can't even get up on plane because I'm surrounded by non-powered boats on a 200 foot wide river. The the level of frustration that again, I'm completely self-aware on this, that I'm, I'm belly aching about this, but I'm like, I'm frustrated, but I'm supposed to be doing something fun that has now turned really stressful. Do you know what's not stressful? Digging a hole. Let me go dig a hole. And, yeah. and then I can just murmur to myself and and then yeah. come in tired and go to sleep. <laughs> you know? I hear you. I got you. Yeah. I mean, it, it's probably the same, like, you know, when you're on the lake and it's 4th of July weekend or depending on how the 4th falls, you might be on a day where everyone took the day off anyway. And it's yeah. just. And, 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 and people say, like, there's nowhere I would rather be right now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and on those days. I can say there's everywhere I would rather be right now. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> everywhere, yeah. anywhere. You, you start having Just... fond memories of standing in the mile, stacking hay. Yeah. And you're like, you know, yeah. that wasn't that bad because I knew there was an end to this madness. And then I'm going to go jump in the farmer's pond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that happens. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's, I seem to have these like, I, I really enjoy like I'm 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 a half a phase off in that like I'll be like right now, I'm like, man, do you know how fun walleye fishing was? But when I was walleye fishing, I'm like, I can't wait for the for it to get cooler and those deer start oh, yeah. to run around and and I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? When's the last time I hit the creek fishing muskies? Like really not worried about anything and just constant yeah. and I'm I can't even remember when it was like so like my mind was free and clear yep. and uh but I'm, I'm always like half off and then i think back i'm like wait the the walleye fishing sucked this year it was yep. really difficult in our area for what it normally is 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, but it's, I don't know, it's one of those things. Like, I'm always looking forward to what's six months away. Yeah. But. Keeps you going, though. It does. I mean. You run, you run a nice big business and you got tons of stuff. You got tons of stress. And, yeah. And it's just easier to come home. Don't turn the lights on. Keep the blinds closed. It's dark at 530 and just like, I'm going to sit here for 20 minutes. And then, of course, the kids bust in the room screaming and chasing (laughs) and the puppies doing whatever the dog does and dishes need done. And uh, it sucks getting to be an adult. Yes. Anyways. Oh, I'm beyond that. But (laughs) But. I'm more close to a senior, but yeah, all good. So let's talk about Muskie's Inc. Muskie's mm-hmm. Inc. Get a hold of your local chapter. You can find one pretty much everywhere that they fish for muskies. I believe probably almost every state that has muskies has a chapter. And uh, lots of good stuff going on with these local chapters. You know, everybody does tournaments all year long. We had a little off year this year, but uh, they were always fun. Something I always look forward to was you know, I put those on the schedule back when I was working other jobs and not fishing, you know, it's like, well, can't work this weekend. I'm going to be at this tournament, you know, it just gives you something, put it on the schedule, get out there, do it. Access to the lunge log. You can look at over 400,000 muskies that have been registered throughout the last like 50 years. And, uh, lots of good information there. Always fun to look through that stuff. And, uh, the clubs do so much with the with the local fisheries. Your clubs are only going to be as involved with those local fisheries as the people want to put their effort in. So if you want to get involved, there's lots of stuff that can get done. And it's, I think it's really important. Anybody who fishes for muskie should be a member of Muskie's Inc. No doubt about it. I agree 100%. All right. Now... Muskie Max Plus, as we know it, and I'm going to report every week, the Muskie Max Plus is still scheduled to happen March 6th and 7th at Princescape Arena, Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania. Um, that's what I can report right now. I mean, yep. we, we, it we, would be incredible. I hope it happens. I hope it happens. I'm going to be honest. If when they're starting to crack all this stuff down again, we're going to see. But yep. um, as we say every time, it's, it's, it, it's a it's a great venue. It's a great place. We have a lot of fun there. Um, great bait builders, um, excellent crowd, and it's just a really good time. Spring is right around the corner by this time. Everyone's spirits are high, so um, hope to see you there. You know, hopefully this thing's still going. But um, I don't know about you, Andy, but it really wouldn't uh, scald my whatever cat. Scald my cat if that was the only show we did this year. I, it's it's right now. It's the only one I know that's still on the books. I know, I know. I think that about every year. That's the only one we do. Eh, that's all right. I mean, yeah. Let, let, <laughs> I mean, show season is great. I mean, I like it. I mean, if you think about oh, it, yeah. like if it was a normal year, we're less than a month away from the first show. Yeah, yeah. And that's usually like Ohio, and then Chicago, and you get, and you just get right into it. And I'm not really. I don't know what to think about all this. It, it, yeah, it's, I'm not really feeling real showy right now. No, and th- there's just, like, 
Time is traveling at a different pace right now in that I'm not thinking of things day by day. I'm looking at them as like week blocks, like this weekend shot, this weekend shot, this week. Hey, guess what? We're mid-January. Yep. And we're coming into December here. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had to spend more time home because my daughter does not have school. I can't leave it. 12 year old here at the house by herself. And, uh, we got through the summer going to staying with other people, but you know, now fishing slowed down I'm just getting ready. Hunting season's almost over. And, uh, I'll start working in the garage, working on baits here, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just different, 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 different. <laughs> I hope I hope things get back on track because I'm not getting into this talk. Everyone's been through it, but anyways. Yeah. So, um, one more announcement is not a a plug of any sort. So hopefully people are listening and they're not fast forward through this. We had such a great response to the last time Todd and I did a bait review show, which would have been a couple episodes ago, where we we highlighted three baits and we just talked about. Just the basic things, the the look, the fit and finish, the construction of it, how it ran, where you'd run it, and the action, and you know, a whole, whole host of stuff. If if you want more detail on what we did, it was very unofficial, and it was fun, and we got a lot of great strong feedback from it. So we kind of been talking, you know, off the air about, you know, what I think we I think we can go somewhere with this. So. We're kind of putting out like a pre-announcement announcement right now is that we've come up with an idea that every so often we're going to have an official bait review show. Now, we still have a couple more in the works that we want to do um, that are not like the official ones just to kind of get a taste and let everyone catch up with it. But we were looking for like a more standardized off of like a questionnaire sheet that I would have here uh, to, to kind of talk about the baits. And we kind of, Todd and I were talking, we weren't going to review any of the casting baits because of what we we generally use the baits that we make. But we decided to can that idea for the official. And here's, here's kind of what we want to do. Like I just said, we're going to have a standardized sheet. We're going to go through. We're going to talk about the construction, the fit and finish, all that stuff, the price point, nothing about the fish catching ability. We're just going to give it as it is a review from, you know, I might run some baits, Todd might run some baits, Vance might run some baits, and we're just going to do, it might be one bait a show. It could be three or four baits a show. We're going to see how it shakes out. But what we're looking for here is if there's any bait maker out there who wants us to give a review, we're not charging any money for this. We are going to ask them to reach out through a social media or my email through the website to send us some baits. A bait is good enough for us to test. Now, here's the catch. You're not getting the bait back. But instead, what we're going to do with it after we do our review, let's just say there might be one, two, three baits in the review. We are going to then take that bait and put it up for sale on our Facebook page. And when we sell that bait, we are going to mark down 
what it went for. So let's just say it was a $35 retail bait. We're not going to sell it for 70 bucks. We're going to sell it for what its value should be, $35. We're going to then take that money and put it in a little side account. And when the end of the year comes or the next Muskie Max or what have you, all of that money is going to be donated in a one check. We're not making a whole bunch of checks. One check and it's going to Muskie's Inc. to feed the minnows. We are looking to make $0 on this. We will promote the product unbiased. We are just going to break it down into all the categories and try to be thorough. Give hopefully anywhere between a 10 to 20 minute review on the bait, highlighting what it does, what we think, all that stuff. That bait will then get sold. Money will eventually get to Muskie's Inc. I don't want to write what could be, you know, I don't know how many baits we're going to get, but I'm not writing individual checks for that. We're going to wait for one big donation and we're donating that money to Muskie's Inc. That's kind of what we're thinking right now. So any bait makers out there that want to hear us review their baits, um, reach out to us and we'll kind of work out a little bit more details. Of course, if you, if this catches on and people send us baits in January, we might not actually get to review them until we get open water. And it might not be till May, June, or July, but we can get some stuff in order. There there might be a particular bait that I might say, I can't give this up till the end of the season. Uh, There might be. I mean, that could happen, but again. I'll still give it up. Yes, he's not going to keep it. I will pry it from his hands. We will will do it. But it's it's just a cool little way that I think we can help, help the little guy out. I mean, ideally... Nothing against spinnerbait makers, but I might be really hard-pressed to find a major difference in how a spinnerbait runs from another spinnerbait. Mm-hmm. We can give it a shot, but if we start to get flooded by them, I, I don't know how good of radio that's going to be to yeah. talk about yep. the, the same spinnerbait. But we're open-minded. We're going to see. But, you know, this is a good good chance. And, again... We are not going to try to profit by this. This is going to be, it's going to be out on the, in the open public that can see on our Facebook page what we're going to charge, you know, and it's not a price gouge. So yep. we're looking at something that we can help, hopefully help some people out, help muskies, help the muskies out and uh, help us out. Yeah. After what, we're in our sixth year, this we're is, looking for a little, it, it, we're looking for some stuff to do, man. I know. And it's, and it's that, that's the honest yep. truth. But yep. if, if anyone out there is kind of thinking about this, any new bait maker or, you know, that's in a year or two into it, I'll speak from experience that I have given a lot of baits away early on trying to get a paragraph or two reply. I've had about half the people said they would actually give a review. Um, the other half, didn't would not and the ones that said they would give a review most of them actually did not it was like pulling teeth this is one of these things we're going to have it all out here we're not trying to rob anybody um who knows if we get inundated we might have to shut it down we might not get anybody i mean we might be cocky right now thinking that more than three people (laughs) listen to this (laughs) yeah but that's kind of what we're... this whole thing got started, Andy. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. You know? So I gave you a review. That's right. It was. 
So at this point, that's kind of what we're thinking. We're going to hammer out the details a little bit more here after the holidays. We'll get through some of this hectic stuff, but you know, if you know someone or you, I mean, we might be talking to you, we'd, we'd love to do that. And, um, you know, tens of millions of people will listen to it. Probably not that many, <laughs> but, but more than three, I can tell you that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of our little announcement. We're going to, we're going to bring that up. Maybe not as in depth on the on oncoming shows and we're just going to see how it plays out. But, you know, I don't care if it's a casting bait, it could be a glider, a dive and rise, a rubber bait, anything like that. We will do it. We'll go and we're going to give this a, an honest review and we will talk about them. So that's, that's that. So, all right, we are going to do, because Vance is not here. Uh, we have a hunting story, actually a couple hunting stories that Vance is involved with, but I, like I just said, he's not here. So I'm not going to tell his story for him because he has a little, little things that I already know he's going to make fun of me about. And I have some things that I know I'm going to make fun of him about. So, um, we're going to just kind of do a part one hunting right now. And what that's going to more or less spotlight is me being extremely selfish and just talking about my archery season. Um, so I think before we really jump into when I'm grabbing my, my stick and string, um, I, I have actually become, I like it more prepping for the season than actually in the season. <laughs> I, I, it has be, it has become, and I'm, I'm sure Todd, you've had to have felt this way at some point to where you almost enjoy playing with your baits more uh-huh. than actually the, 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 the act of fishing. Yeah. I mean, at least it was the same, like getting all your tackle, getting everything organized. That That's a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoy setting up the boat. Like, yeah. all right, today but I'm going to go musky fishing. Mm-hmm. And even if you have a good day, it's a boring freaking day of hours, <laughs> hours of fishing and interrupted occasionally by a fish, you know? Right. And yeah, I There's mean, it's a lot of fun to get prepped. It's fun to get prepped. And I don't know if it's because it's, it's the lack of actually having to pay attention to details or in my case, I like to just, my my brain likes to wrap itself around things and visualize and, but you know, so earlier this year, so if, if anyone's paid attention the last couple of years, dad and I have been transforming his piece of property from what was going to be kind of like a 20 to 40 foot tall canopy. And we're kind of opening it up with, by cutting a lot of trees. Um, we had, and you know, he's loosened up a lot. I mean, he, he was an old school hunter that was, there's trees, there's woods, there's deer, find a stump, sit down. Maybe not so much the stump, but just to kind of paint the, yeah. the picture of what it was. And a couple, three years ago, we hired a habitat consultant. We had a plan and, you know, we're going through all this and it's new to me and it's fun because it's a whole new world. And, you know, we've continued on and, you know, we've definitely made progress. We've, we've noticed positive changes. Well, it, it, you know, there's still like an amount of 
that I think still need to be proven to some that aren't quite on board as far as I am. So we actually, dad wanted to have a forester come through. And, you know, the, the local forester we have is also a big hunter. And we decided to have, okay, let's meet up, you know, prior to us, you know, really firing up the saws. And generally I wait to fire up the saws till after the musky max. That's like my big thing is after the musky max, I'm going to go walk around and look for sheds, which I am uh, really horrible at. (laughs) I don't know why my wife was calling me. Um, I am terrible at finding them. I'm good at walking around, but I'm like, my average is like one a season. I am not good at all. And I've read all the articles and all that. It doesn't matter. I suck at it. So I'm, uh, so before that, she just texted me. I had to look down. Um, so before we even kind of got that going right after the musky max, we, we got the forester. We, he just was going to do a walk around and see what we were doing and give his opinion. And I'll be honest, I was, I was nervous. I'm like, what happens if he gets in here? He's like, what are you guys doing? This is horrendous. Yeah. What are you cutting those down for? Yeah. Right. And you know, but like the Forrester and I'm not going to name names. I haven't asked his permission. Um, you know, he's a big hunter and I kind of was able to talk to him prior to him coming out. He was at our shop and I I fixed some stuff up for him and kind of told him what I was doing. And I felt it like, okay, I'm like, I think it's going to be a good visit. So he goes out there and I mean, it's like we get 30 yards into the woods and he just, he's like, you guys have too many deer. And I'm like, what? You just stepped foot into this. It's a hundred acres. And he's like, look at this. And I never noticed it. Like at shoulder level and down, he goes, there is nothing shoulder level and down. He goes, look at this browse line. I'm like, I never noticed it. He's like, they're eating you out of house and home. And I'm like, okay. This is the stuff the the Pennsylvania Game Commission was talking about years ago. Yeah, in the National Forest. The National Forest, they had a hard time. Like you didn't, there was no need to get in a tree stand. Yeah. Because if you just sat on the ground, you could see. You could see hundred deer in a line, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's hard to relate. I know where you're going here, Andy, and I didn't know this is where it was going, but hard to relate to it. It's like there's too many here because they—that's what they do all season. We do our little hunting. Mm-hmm. They're eating every day. I mean, I I, I, I heard the stat not long ago. <laughs> so many pounds of brows a day during the winter. Yeah. yeah. And someone who can step back like your friend there mm-hmm. and take one step and look. Yep. Too many deer here. And, you know, but we, nothing else that does it. The groundhogs don't do that. Not shoulder height. I can tell you that. <laughs> exactly. And, uh. You know, but, but, you know, the consultant also said that, but he said it in many more words and his many more words is like, he's like, I've never seen so much deer poop everywhere. Like he, like he was, but it never registered as like too many deer, like Mm. give it to us blunt. But Mm. after we kind of heard that, you know, we had already been doing our doe hunts and I'm like, I'm killing all of them that we can. I don't know what else to we, do. We're doing the best we can do. We're pulling 12 to 14 deer off the place every year. 
and it yeah. doesn't matter. And there's side reasons why I believe there's also so many deer there, and I don't believe we'll ever be able to put a dent yeah. in the population. But we do our best. <laughs> we do our best, and it's fun. It's, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, so we, we continue to walk, and, you know, we get to our little first bedding area we made. And I know this will divide the room from any habitat people out there. We do a mix of hinge cutting and just regular face cuts. And we're thickening up the place. And, you know, it seems to be working. There is no one way that will fix every property. There, there needs to, It can be all hinging. It could be all regular face cuts. It could be a mix of both. It could be planting something. You know, it's one of these, I, I don't like the, the, the divisiveness of, like, the boga versus the net. That's the mm. same thing with this. And, you know, being a forester, he sees the effects of what timbering property will do. And it's generally, most often, every time, it's a positive thing for the animals. So mm-hmm. we, we get to some of our spots that we thickened up, and, you know, he's looking around, and I, you know, he's, he said, he's like, I'm pretty good at shed hunting. I'm like, yeah, well, I suck. Just in case you're wondering, we're not a hundred, 120 yards into the first walk. And I'm walking through this like little section here where we cut. And I, I step through these like stumps that are like waist high. And he goes, well, here's one. He reaches out. I literally just stepped over a shed. He picks it up. He goes, Hey, here you go. <laughs> and it wasn't like that year's shed. I probably have stepped over this thing three, maybe four times. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, well, this really, this is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've already told us we have too many deer, and I walked over a shed. Been here for five minutes. You walked. You've been, over yeah, a shed. You, you yeah. find one. He's like, he, he had he had a level of optimism that I envied because I run a lot of trail cameras, and he's like, he was telling us he says, with the amount of deer that are eating this much you have to have sheds on this place because there's got to be some with antlered bucks. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, you're insane. I ain't got nothing. It's all dough. The dough are eating the antlers because they think they're sticks. Um, So we get through that. We kind of mosey on down to the next area. He sees we walk through one of our food plots and we get to the next. And I'm like, you know, what do you think of what we're doing with these with these you know, areas like these, these designated bedding areas. And he's like, you know, and I don't know what, I can't get a gauge on him yet on if he's thinking this is good, if this is crap, if it's crap, I'd like to know if it's good, please tell us. And he's like, this is all good, but you did 20% of the job. And I'm like, we only did 20%. And I'm like, like whack the trees. And, yeah. and, and dad's like, you know, cause dad was like, I thought we cut too much. And he's like, yeah, for every tree you cut, you should cut four more. And and I'm like, wow. But he's looking at it from a different view. And this is a forester. This is his job. And, you know, granted, he's not, you know, having a clipboard and and taking inventory and stuff. And we start walking, you know, we walk some more. And I'm not going to hit talk about every step we take, but more or less, it came down to where he made a diagnosis of our forest. The composition of the forest that we have is a lot of young growth because it was timbered heavily 20, 25 years ago. Uh-huh. It was what was growing there now, which was anywhere between a couple inches in diameter, maybe eight to 10 inches, was heavily fire cherry, 
which is not the same as like a prized cherry log. Fire, yeah, it's it's right. it's a shorter lived, faster growing. Yeah, fire Second cherry, growth, third growth. Yeah. Yep, fire cherry, yellow birch, beech, and hemlock. There were spots, and this I'm jumping way ahead. Dad and I started like really cutting hard, and we cut like an acre or two of like a lot of like deciduous trees. We found one oak tree, and it was like four inches in diameter. And, like yeah. everything else was garbage. Now, when I say garbage, it was low value is a better choice. Low value timber, low value for wildlife. And again, I am putting it into much more simpler words than than what was spoken. So we have a bunch of these trees. And again, making the story quick, he was like, you could cut just about everything down. And you'd be doing yourself a favor. Now, that might sound weird to some people, but if you wanted to have a good percentage of hardwoods, softwoods, you know, hemlocks and pines and whatever else, you can't have this stand of low value trees. It'll take two or three lifetimes to cycle through it naturally. Cut them down now. And then at that point, you're winning. You're winning because I could go plant an oak tree, cage it in, and it's already got five to 10 years on anything else that's going to come up out of the ground. You can manually manipulate it, but it's still a tree. And we're talking trees are not like, oh, I planted this ear of corn. It'll be ready in September. It's, yeah, it'll be ready in 10 to 20 years. Yeah, it'll be ready in 20 years. What did he say about your hemlocks, all your pines? On okay. the I mean, there's not a lot. I, mean, I would say that, you know, what? It was... It, 10% we, of your property is those big hemlocks? So... His his diagnosis was when they came in and logged, they they took a lot of the prized wood yeah. and the, the lumber. Now, they did take some hemlock, but a lot of the prized lumber was taken probably because the owner knew he was going to be selling the property. Makes yeah. sense. This is before you guys had it. This yeah. was prior to us having it. Yep. And yep. so it was like a twofold thing. You took a lot of the of the prized hardwood and some of the bigger hemlocks. With our deer density, I don't think that's like a new thing. I think we've always kind of had a high deer numbers. Mm-hmm. So any regrowth that was coming up, the deer will be nipping the more yep. valued trees than the lower quality trees. And what wins the fight when you're not getting nipped but your competition is? And that leaves the lower value. The lower yep. value. So we had a really skewed. And the hemlocks, hemlocks can come back really they're very shade tolerant. You can have a stand of hemlocks that might be five, six feet tall. That could be 10, 20 years old. They're uh-huh. waiting for the sunlight to hit them. Then it's off to the races. Yeah. So I think that there wasn't a lot of hemlocks cut back. Um, and they, they're, they're decent at receding. Um, I personally really like the hemlocks. I like those, that tree. I do too. But yep. I'm going to tell you what. You cut them down at the right time. There's a lot of cover that comes with those branches. Yeah, yeah. It's a horrible. I saw, I saw when you when we took our little ride around to pick up mm-hmm. some deer. It was leading up to our next podcast, but when we mm-hmm. did that little ride. I saw you cut a couple hemlocks down, and I, I remember looking over and thinking, I had a little tear in my eye. I know it. It. <laughs> I, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why either. I just love that. I just know, like, down where I'm used to, where I grew up hunting, 
big woods, mm-hmm. national forest, part of, you know, mm-hmm. nobody does anything there. No. I can walk around, but I've, there's so many times I've hunkered in down under a hemlock and like called a gobbler in and got him. Or there's so many times I've walked up to a hemlock in a snowstorm and a deer jumped up. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, you, they, you... they like to hunker around. I like to hunker under the hemlocks. Mm-hmm. So did the deer. That's why I love the stand that I get to hunt the last couple of years that my dad and I have gone up to do the hunt at your place. It's hemlocks. I feel very at home in there. It's cozy. It has a... Not long shooting. I can't shoot very far, but it's very cozy. And I think the deer think it's cozy. Oh, no doubt. That's why I'm five for five. That you are, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, those hemlocks are great. And you know, you get the right yeah. hemlock and you can snake a, like a ladder stand or like a set of climbing sticks up in it. They ain't oh, yeah. seeing you for nothing. You got to no. cut little holes, no. but no, you're invisible and love hemlocks. They're my favorite tree. I, I'm going to probably say that that's one of uh, definitely top five of mine, yep. but yep. you know, I'm so we, we were walking through this one area and this is interesting. Prior to the forester coming out, I was looking for sheds, and I walked up on this one hemlock that blew over. They they they, they they're brittle, they're fragile. You get a good windstorm and some snow on them, you'll you'll break break the top half mm-hmm. of a hemlock. Mm-hmm. And it was laying down. I'm like, ooh, that looks like a place a buck would bed. And I go up to it, and I'm like, what is going on here? I'm like, no deer would sleep here. The whole perimeter. So just think of a hemlock top laying on the ground. Everything where the branches were, not the stump side. It was like you opened a bag of dog food and just went right around the perimeter and just dumped it like a carpet. Those deer were eating those hemlock branches so much that you could not put your feet and touch a leaf. It was riding on deer poop. The whole thing. Wow. Wow. And I'm like, this is, and, and it just like clicked. I'm like, they'll eat this. Mm-hmm. What would be really good to do in January and February is pick a couple hemlocks, sink the saw oh. in them, and drop mm-hmm. them. Yeah. How much food you could give the deer with yeah. twenty minutes of chainsaw work? Yeah, I can tell you, it, it's probably not the best nutrition for them, but it's food. I would eat packing peanuts if I was starving. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, uh, but it, it's yeah. it was just. You know, when you really want to start thinking about food plots and stuff, you drop like a really, like a a full grown maple tree in February. And now you can get those deer to nip the buds. Because at that point, your food plot is destroyed. It's gone. When you have as many deer as you guys have up there, it's gone. It's, It's. I remember going up there and looking at those turnip things you planted, and it was like they dug holes in the ground eat them <laughs> and it's it's a mud plot at that point yeah it's just mud yeah it's just mud so if they're done with that it's time to move on to the next food source yep right and i mean i i like to put out the feeders i enjoy and i know cwd you know we're not in that area yet and i'll comply mm-hmm. when it when you know when it comes up here but yeah. i enjoy getting the pictures and we had some crazy stuff happen with my feeders last year I had a pair of pigs, wild pigs coming in, and I had fun trying to pattern them and try to go and shoot them. And needless to say, I never saw them. They they really outsmarted me. 
Um, but I'm looking for two pigs on what could be, I don't know. They could be the only pigs in the county that are running wild. I don't know. But it's it's neat to see. I, I I like seeing the photos of the deer eating, the raccoons, the squirrels, the birds, the crow, all that stuff. I think it's fun. So um, he, he kind of gives us like, I think you guys are doing right. There's not like a lot of valued timber on dads. It's not like bring in the crews and here's a $200,000 check. It's, Hey, we, we still have somewhat young growth. There's some things. My, my advice is, is start cutting and get this thing rolling. And that's, that's what dad Cut and I more. did. That's what they're saying. Cut more. Yeah. Yeah. Like the stuff that we cut I, I when I'm hunting and I'm looking at those trees, I'm like, man, there are too many straight up and down. They need to go sideways. And I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at all these trees and I'm like, there's an awful yellow birch, low value, blocking a lot of sun. Mm-hmm. I could fix that in about five minutes. And I'm, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at yep. all these. All, when, mm-hmm. when, when you're hunting and you're looking for a deer, you might go hours without seeing a deer. But when you know how to recognize what trees are and which ones are like your enemies, so to speak, there's it's a target-rich environment when you, that's all you're doing is staring at the trees. You're like, yep, there's some ash trees. They're going to be dead in the next couple of years. Might as well cut them down right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you just start looking and like, oh, there's an elm. It's going to be dead here soon. Might as well cut that one down. And, you know, next thing you know, you've got just a couple trees standing. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it, but it, it, it's fun. You're manipulating. And, you know, it, it. we had a good time doing that. And Dad and I spent a lot of time cutting. And, you know, it's. it was just, it was a good thing good fun thing and you know you can talk you don't have to be quiet and we got to run equipment it was it was a lot of fun and i've come to like that almost more than the hunting part so then you know whatever spring comes i do the spring plots and you know august comes i switch it over to the fall plots and that leads me into the thing that i've been doing the last couple years is i've switched my kentucky rifle hunt for a kentucky early archery velvet hunt as they call it because it's generally like the first Saturday in September give or take and you know so that I that is really early Andy I am not even beginning to think hunting yet I know and that's part of the reason I like it is because yeah, do it and get it out of the way do it get out of the way do it do it and do yeah do your thing and yeah because like in the the rifle season used to fall on Pennsylvania's last Saturday of archery. So if I yes. didn't have if I didn't have my archery buck in Pennsylvania, it I'd be like, well, sense. I'm missing a yes. day or two and I'm going down there. Well I might shoot a big giant one. And it was always fun and exciting. But this year they put it in so you actually hunted till the following Friday. You had an extra week of hunting, plus they added the Sunday, which was like the big deal this year was Three Sundays in Pennsylvania, yeah. you can hunt yeah. big game. So I'm like, well, I kind of like the early archery because it would be really cool if I did shoot a nice deer. The monkey's off my back, and I think I would enter the Pennsylvania season with a different attitude. Hey, uh-huh. I already got one. You know, it's not that I have to shoot one, but everyone feels a little bit of a pressure, especially all the work and effort I put into it. You know, you yeah. have you have like that meme where it's Dwight Schrute sitting there with an orange hat on. They're like, this guy, you hunted all of archery, and this guy's coming in with his thirty thirty for the first time. He's going to shoot your buck. He's going to shoot your deer, yeah. And uh, 
So, you know, I, I go down there and here's the thing that early archery, it's a suck fest. The only like real saving grace with it is it's an afternoon only hunt. And that allows you to go to bed when you want to go to bed, wake up whenever you wake up. There's no stress. I'm down there. I can't do anything at home. I can answer the phone and that's about it. But a lot of, you know, just talking with the other hunters and it's a fun, relaxing time there. And then it's go time. You get your stuff on and it sucks. I've walked in in the last two years and, you know, on the warm days between 88 and 95 degrees. Oh gosh. It is not, it's easy to sit in the tree. Uh It sucks getting there. It sucks (laughs) getting there. It sucks. I mean, scent control, it's almost, it's almost non-existent because you're sweating. I, I started wearing, I got a pair. I actually have a lot of first light clothes, but I got their wick base layers, which people are like, you're wearing long johns. I'm like, yeah, these things are like silk and they're paper thin, Mm. but I just can't wear shorts in a tree stand. Like what do you got to have something on? (laughs) And I I got, I, I got like a really light mesh, very breathable outer layer that I'm okay with. So I'll wear like dark green, these base layers. And then I'll put this over and I'm like, well, you're not going to see the glisten on my skin. And I'm going to tell you what, it is really weird because you're, you're hunting leases, you're hunting people's cattle farms and whatever grandpa's property. I go park somewhere and I change out of my clothes and I change into my hunting clothes and you do all the stuff that you can do to send the one day I'm like, they're like, by the way, um, you have a far walk on this stand. I'm like, I don't care. I'll do it. Uh-huh. Oh, it sucked. It was, it was like the <laughs> longest hill I've ever, it's not steep, but it would just went forever. And then I got down to the bottom there and I was really close to the Ohio river, which is neat. But when you're close yeah. to water like that with the backwaters, there are so many mosquitoes. It's not even funny, but I walked in literally in long underwear. I took off my, my mesh layers. I took off everything. They were all in the backpack. I'm hiking in and I just, I'm just completely covered in sweat. And I'm like, yeah, the mosquitoes won't find me like this, (laughs) but you know, I'm not used to it, but those deer live in that. That's that to them. That's normal to me. This is just torture. And needless to say, after five days of hunting, I didn't get anything down in Kentucky. I had a good time. It's torturous, but it sucks so much. I'm doing it again next year. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah, there you go. If you don't have a thermosel, you're dead. And the other thing is, I've never seen so many bees around tree stands. I don't know why. They, there's always like start. one. It don't matter if you, you kill that one, a new one comes in. You can't say that to Vance. He'll never go back there again. Uh, well, that's why he's not going to do the archery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, it is It is bad. With with. I mean, and the, and the bugs are different than... Then up here, it's like our mosquitoes are bigger and the bees seem bigger. But nonetheless, they're still all over you. And you don't want bees, not bees, you don't want mosquitoes buzzing in your eyes and ears when you're trying to get ready to shoot because you're going to have it. You're going to swipe at it. And, well, Uh there you just moved a whole bunch that you didn't need to. And But another thing I really don't like, 
I don't like parking my truck with a bunch of cows around it. Yeah. And that's something that happened. It's, I have a level of distrust with, with cows because I've seen what some cows will do to cars. Mm-hmm. And I also don't want to be trampled because there's like a hundred of them. I got one shot with my bow before they get me. Yeah. But surprisingly, cows are afraid of people. Like they've blocked the gate before. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I've honked the horn at them. Nothing. All right, here I go. I open the car door. The truck door, I step out. I don't take one step, and they are full-blown running away from me. I'm like, wow, that was pretty easy. I don't, I don't know what it is, but they're really scared you of people down there. The bulls. That's right. The bulls. Yeah. And they're huge. Mm. Oh, but whatever. So that was fun. I told my little thing with the oil, changing the oil in the, in the parking lot down there. Yeah. Yep. Um, now let's kind of get to uh, Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania season. I uh, I did not have a great year with trail cameras. It was, I would say, below average. You know, I had a couple decent bucks, but, you know, as, as we've kind of told people before, our decent average bucks are like people wouldn't even consider shooting in other states. It's it's just the nature of it, it what it is. Some states will only produce 45-inch muskies, and some will produce 55s. It's just how it is. Uh-huh. Primarily, I, I believe that the, the factor is most of these deer are not getting past two and a half years old. So, when that's yeah. that when that's your cream of the crop, it's one of those: do you just not hunt and hope next year's different, or do you go after what you have? There's no right answer there, but um, had a couple good ones, you know, nothing. Nothing that really got me excited. There were some on permission property, but they were so hit and miss. It's just fun to get the photos. Uh, but one thing I did switch to this year for my archery setup, I wasn't going to do any rifle hunting out of this, was I started to, on some setups, run a saddle. That's kind of like the new thing is a tree saddle. I didn't go full-blown saddle. I kind of went the middle-of-the-road route. Uh, the unit that I got was from JX3. It's the hybrid saddle. So I'm kind of like in a chair that faces the tree that I'm hanging by a rope. Um, that style kind of would have fit me fit me better. I, I like that. So I, I decided to give that a shot. Um, part of the reason for that was on on some of my permission properties, there was... Last year, I set up a set that I was just like, this is a bona fide killer. This is like the one I'm most excited about. No one's going to find it. It's in the worst part of everything. It's the nastiest briars everywhere. I I think it was less than three days later, my cell cam sent me pictures of two guys climbing up and sitting in my chair in August. (laughs) (laughs) Like. And it was a lock-on. It's a 20-foot lock-on. Not a lot of people will go 20 feet up to sit on a lock-on, let alone no harness at all. And I have their pictures climbing the ladders. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I start to fear, are they going to jack my stuff? So when I have my saddle, I have the the ladders up, which they're just climbing sticks, and I have an itty-bitty platform where I can put my feet so I can stand and get set up, and then I get hanging from the tree. And I'm like, if anyone's going to climb up here and stand on this little platform, they deserve to hunt out of my stand for the day. And uh, needless to say, no one did. Because they probably looked up and said, this is insane. 
but they probably don't know what I was doing. So what were you doing? Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you know, so it was neat. You know, I, I did, what did I do? I did a couple, two, three, two or three sits with, with the saddle. I, I practiced at home. I felt like an idiot, you know, being like a foot off the ground. <laughs> Strapping it, strapping ropes up, and I, I used to do that on the. I have a telephone pole out there. I have a uh, dust of dawn light on, and I was always worried about the wire running up the side. But when I first got a climber, mm-hmm. I never had a climber. Mm-hmm. I would practice climbing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's it sounds dumb, but it's it's the actual truth. I mean, you don't want to like the first go round with your climber or any kind of new setup in the tree, you don't want your first go around like the opening day of season of the season. No. Yeah. You got to go, go do it. And so I have a little tree out here that I was, you know, hanging from and getting used to. And (laughs) yeah, like I said, I was, I'm slightly embarrassed to even talk about it, but I mean, I don't know what else, how else I could have done it. So I had a couple of your homework, Andy, that's doing your homework. I know it, it pretty much is. And, there's some things that I learned, like a shag bark hickory is not a good tree for this saddle setup. Th- 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 those trees are like iron. I could not yeah. get my stuff synced into where I liked it. Yeah. And and it was slippery, and things would catch on it, and it was loud. But, you know, that was my first thing. Okay, lesson number one, don't choose a shag bark. Yeah. Um, I had a I had a I had three essentially permission properties that were not owned by myself or my family. And I will tell you this, cherry trees and hemlocks, those are the trees you want for that, for that saddle that I have. Um, Cherries. I I was going to say right away, cherry trees. mm -hmm. A little bit loud on the bark, but you, you can get good grips on that. You can get a grip in there. Yeah. And hemlocks. Ooh, those are real nice because you'll sink in real good. You got a lot of branches to contend with, but yeah, too many branches. Yeah. That's, uh, that's why I said when you said that, I was like, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, so I set up these sets and that, that hickory was not that great on that same property. I set up a hemlock that I'm like, this is dynamite. This is, this is a kill spot. And the cell cams told me there's way too many people going through here. It's going to be going to be tough i did set up a place on public i ended up never sitting in that in that spot i was letting the camera tell me when stuff was coming through that that funnel area that i was in and i was getting some okay stuff but more on that a little bit later here and then another permission property was an actual neighbor of my parents and i hunted it last year and i had i had decent it it Todd, you would kind of call it big woods, mm-hmm. old growth, like very yeah. little like cuttings of any, just blowdowns occasionally, no yeah. real food source that you would consider to be like egg. So it's mostly just browse, but this place is just like Oak central. Mm-hmm. And this year was a great year for the Oaks. Oh yeah. Archery. Um, just raining them down in there. And these were a lot of red Oaks. They're not as preferred as the whites, but I hear I, they're a bigger fruit. But I found a really nice hemlock. I like this location, but I needed a north wind for me to be happy with hunting it. And, you know, I, you know, as the season started, I was hunting the food plots that we had. 
I did see a buck, a named buck that I had. It wasn't legal from the antler point and restrictions, but it's just a really, it's a buck that is not a year and a half. He was at least two and a half. I don't have, I can't tell you it's history, but this buck was body wise bigger than all the other ones that I had in that plot. I saw him and his name was can opener by the way his one antler looks looks like an old-fashioned can opener mm-hmm. but spoiler alert i've seen that buck and could have shot him four times now yeah. um <laughs> he's he's still walking and, and you know that's fine but it's 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 neat i had a buck that was somewhat a, of a homebody and it's fun to watch those you, you can kind of name them and they become little celebrities in your head so when you see them it's exciting um so these these satellite properties, as I sometimes call them, or the permissions, were like my okay. Nothing's really happening over at my main place. Um, I've hunted it I, once or twice this week. I'm going to back off. I don't want to overhunt it. Screw it. I'll go on one of these permissions and just swing for the fences and see what happens. It's hard to do, Andy. Oh, it's very hard to do. Hard to do. It's, yep. And but it's one of the, hard to not have your stand be like this is my stand. Mm-hmm. He's going to come by. And, you know, there's just so much, like, musky fishing. Yep. Is, is one fish a pattern? I don't yep. know. Yep. I mean, you could hunt yep. one stand. You could you could yep. shoot your biggest buck of your life. Or you could blow everything out of there and never not see a deer the last time you sit in it. Yeah. Um, you guys are getting into this hunting. Like, uh, I have a lot of friends that really get into it going out to Illinois and Indiana and all over the country. And they got, like, 18 stands. And I – and – 25 cameras and I have a hard time relating to it. I think it would blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. As, as we've talked, they're on a different level. Yeah. I, I'm enjoying my diddly dinking and thinking I'm doing something, but when I'm really, it probably yeah, wouldn't. But you're, you're, you are doing something. And I, I think even what you got going is like, it would, it would be like, uh, I got too many options here. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what I was really hoping for was like a couple really good bucks by really good. You get me a one twenty buck in PA. That's, that's like mm-hmm. a 48 inch fish anywhere. Yeah. And now you don't get that. So like when you're looking at your trail cam picks and stuff, mm-hmm. like you see those, have you got this situation where you like went to one stand and while you're sitting in one stand, you, your phone dings and you look and you're like, wish I was over there right now. Not while I was hunting. So Not while you're hunting. Okay. So so it's like happened to some it, of my friends. Yeah, it happens it happens a little bit, but you know, I can rationalize with some things. So what I don't set my my cameras up to give me instant photos. I okay. mean, there's times that like I'll set them to where send me the photos once a day and it's usually in the middle of the night sometime. Yeah. And when it when that happens, I'll look and I'm like, okay, maybe I should have been over there. But then the logical part of me says that deer would have never been there because that wind was completely wrong for me. It was wrong. Okay. Yep. So I mean, there's I, I can see your point there. Th- yep. There's a little bit never of thought of that. There's a like mm-hmm. that's also kind of like talking yourself off the ledge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it might have still been there, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Right. And, 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 Doing you know, homework, thinking of the wind direction. I hunted a place tonight mm-hmm. and the wind, the wind was just wrong. Mm-hmm. 
but that was my setup and that that's where I was going. Yep. But I'm also hunting with a rifle. All they got to do is make a mistake and come out a couple hundred yards away and uh, yeah, give you five seconds. Uh, archery. Yeah. Just give me one shot. <laughs> right. So that's why I still went there. Yeah. And you know, I, I am guilty of this, but I know it's wrong. There's times I'm like, I'm going to my spot where I hunt rifle and I'm going there no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, I like my stand setups to where I'm literally looking a 90 degree swath. Everything else I can't see or the deer can't be there because it's just a, a twisted up mess that not even a cat could get through yeah. or a river or something major to where That's you're re- looking straight ahead. Yep. And you're like, then you can pick that place apart and you, you know, you, you get those setups to where, like where I like to hunt rifle. It could literally be any direction, 360 degrees they could be coming from. So with a stand like that, I could talk myself out of hunting it every single day. Uh Uh And, but, you know, in in archery, I I try to play, I play that game. Um, Maybe if I have more control or more land and stuff like that to where I could really fine tune that stuff. But you're also going to sacrifice, hey, guys, our doe hunting day is coming up. By the way, we have one stand we can hunt. That's no yeah, fun. True. No, that's no fun either. Yeah. So, you know, it, it it's different. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I look at that and I'm like, okay, so he was here at this time. And I try to backtrack and think. And I don't – I can't say that's ever got me a deer or something. But it's it's a fun mental game. And um, so what was it? Now we're approaching, like, middle October and oh gosh. So that permission property that's next to my parents, that they're the neighbors, they, they have like, it's not a lot of land, like 30 acres, but there's three houses on it set up in like a homeowners association. And they're like, you can't see them from each other. They're all like hidden in the woods. And it's, it's just breaks up this property really crazy. And there's like this one spot I'm just looking at the topo and from last year's hunting and walking around, I'm like, I think this is the spot I want to be. And I told the one guy, you know, kind of like the ringleader, I'd I'd consider him. I said, Hey, I'm going to go set up a stand this weekend. I just want to let you know, I'm going to bring my, my buggy back there and, um, I'm going to set it up. Just, I don't, you know, if it's, if it's not cool, let me know. He's like, no, 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 that's fine. I'm like, okay, perfect. And I want to, venture to say based off of my knowledge of them they don't really walk around the woods even though they live in the woods yeah he sent me a text the following day hey to help you out i took the tractor and i i I raked a path for you i'm like what (laughs) and that night the cell cam went off and here he is with his tractor and his york rake raking raking the forest floor (laughs) Free of sticks all the way down to bare dirt. It's like you don't have to do that. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. I wish you didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, he he was meaning well. Well, he went up to kind of where I wanted to be. And I'm like, I don't I, I just couldn't find a spot that I really liked there. So I kind of backed out and moved around. And I'm like, this is it. This is the tree. I'm excited about this tree. And I get it all set up and stuff. And now with the saddle, there's just a little baby platform and I'm hiding a set of sticks. And 
I let him know when I left. He said, hey, just so you know, I set up a stand. He goes, do you care if I go and look for it? I'm like, yes. No, I don't. I mean, it's your property. Go for it. And he's like, well, I don't want to mess up the deer pattern. And I'm like, well, I wish you would have said that yesterday. Yeah, you already did once. (laughs) And, you know, he's great. great. They've been really great neighbors. And I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. And, um... So I get on camera him walking around looking up in the trees. He really wanted to find this. And he's like, I couldn't find it. I'm like, well, okay, time to play Where's Waldo. I sent him the GPS pin drop where the stand was. (laughs) It's right here. Why don't you go look for it right now so we don't do this during the season? Because I'm setting this stuff up in like August. August, Uh maybe early September. I had no intention on hunting this place until, until it started getting good late October. And, uh, so he goes and looks for, and he texts me, goes, yeah, I found it. I'm like, okay, cool. Thinking that was the end of it, but (laughs) any nice day they went for a walk up their Uh nicely groomed trail and I'm getting these trail camera photos. Now I'm like, I'm stressed. Do you know how much effort this was for me to put up by myself, trim my own shooting lanes by myself up and down and, all, and like, and you're walking every day and it gets to be middle October and you have a couple of them nice warm days. And I'm like, who are these people? I don't know who these yeah. people are. And there's two people walking. They're like in their forties. I don't recognize them from anybody. I'm like, oh, good gravy. And it was that day that earlier in the day, like an hour, I got, I got a pretty decent eight point sparring with like a little scrubby buck. And I'm like, finally, I got a good buck. And then next photos come in, people walking. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Here we go. I'm like, this is the story of my life. And, you know, I don't. it's not mine. I can't say anything. But it's just one of these, I thought I had this pristine gem untouched. And no matter where you go in PA, you're going to get people walking around the woods. Every property that I have that I put cameras on, I got people on there. Whether they should be or shouldn't be, I got yeah, people. Yeah, even on your own. Even on our own, I got photos of trespassers during the season. And yeah. uh, whatever. So, oh, let's see. The Nor- deer are used to it. Yeah, but I mean, not probably when they but, run the yeah, tractor I mean, and rake the ground. It's not what you want. No, you it's, it's not. But, uh, I should, the biggest buck I ever shot in Pennsylvania, I could hear kids dribbling basketballs and playing basketball in their backyard when they were doing it. And I also had them sometimes walk their dog under my stand. Yeah. That's so weird that like how you can see them and they don't really know you're there. Yeah. It's, it's a weird feeling because you're like, I could take you out right now and you wouldn't know it hit you. (laughs) Yeah. You're ready for that. Andy. Yeah. So, Anyways, yeah, it's it's getting it's getting to be prime time. It's getting to be October twenty third. Seems to always be like my it's getting go time date. Oh yeah, and October twenty fourth, I think was a it was a Saturday, and it was like the first like real good major cold front coming in in late October, and I was getting my north northwest wind, and I'm like, I'm going to that stand. Dad's getting ready to go on a mule deer hunt in Colorado. He's leaving that morning, so he wasn't going to hunt. And I'm like, this is it. And I'm like, 
oh crap it's a morning hunt it's a saddle and i almost talked myself out of it because i'm like i haven't even tried this saddle in the dark yet because i got ropes and stuff i I gotta get this thing lassoed up and i mean not that i'd make a mistake but if i make a mistake i'm falling backwards out of the tree because i got like a rope and yeah you know, and I'm still trying to figure out how, how am I going to hoist the bow up? How, what am I going to carry? And when you're like, I'm hanging from a rope, you really start to cut back what's necessary. Oh, yeah. you, you don't need your gut knife in the stand. No. Um, no. Having a small little knife isn't a bad thing if I get stuck, but I don't need two gutting knives, a hatchet. And so I cut this thing way back and I'm like, this might be a really, if for nothing else, if I hate this saddle, I am learning to pack differently before it was give me like an exterior frame, big, you know, I'm going to quarter, you know, an elk out and pack out. Mm -hmm. Now Mm -hmm. it's turning into like a small little, very smartly. I don't need matches. I'm not going to get lost out here. No, you're not going to get lost. If I have cell phone, I can just drop a thing. I'm like, Oh, I'm right. Just like you said, a little pen knife, Mm -hmm. a couple extra bullets. Mm -hmm. You can do your hunt. Yeah, and I found even taking a drink. If I'm going to be hunting for six hours, I'm not taking a drink with me. I can live. Uh Yeah. If I'm doing it all day, yeah, it's nice to have something. Uh But, you know, so I'm learning to pack smart, and I'm up, and I I get a later than normal. Now, when I say later than normal, we had cloud cover, and I'm like, it's not going to get light till closer to actual sunrise. I kind of get out there, and I'm packing up. I'm fumbling around where I park the truck. And I'm hiking in, and I'm like, man, I I wish I would have been here 15 minutes sooner. But it's too late. Don't dwell on it. Get in there. Now, my cell camera that was watching this homemade scrape that I made that was like, um, I always try to make a scrape where I want a buck to be to shoot. And I put a camera on it just to see what comes. And I'm like, okay, this camera's battery's died. And I'm walking in. I'm like, I'm late. Don't don't change the batteries now. Even though I'm walking right by the camera, and I go and climb up in this climb up in the stand. I get all strapped in, and I'm like, okay, I like everything here. And I look to where I walked up and in, and I see legs going through the trees. I'm like, oh dang it, my bow's on the ground. I'm like, <laughs> oh not even God. ready yet, but I can see, you know. And I, I I'm like. I'm like, okay, crap. And it, it kind of steps where I can see it. Put the binos on it. I'm like, I think it's just a little four point. It's whatever it is. It's not big, but it's a deer. And I don't really want to blow you out because it's my first sit. And I'm just getting comfortable. And I'm like, screw it. So I just start bringing the bow up as slow as possible. Yeah. <laughs> the deer yeah. kind of looks, doesn't really know. It's like 30, 40 yards away. And it just kind of goes on its merry way. It's, it's the, this it's getting ready for the rut those bucks are kind of dumb oh they are i I, i've had that happen andy the one time i walked in my stand i'm at the i'm getting i'm 20 20 feet from the base of my tree i look up Mm -hmm. there's a buck shooter well when i was doing archery it wasn't a shooter (laughs) yeah i was looking for a big one but i'm looking there's this there's a there's an eight point Mm -hmm. 12 13 inch eight point standing there looking at me and I sat at the base of the tree for probably 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. 
because they didn't want to spook him, just like you said. Mm-hmm. They wanted to bust him out of there. And finally, I was like, well, I got to get in my tree. Mm-hmm. I walk over, clip the bow on, climb up the tree. I get up the tree, I look up, <laughs> and that young buck is still standing there. And I pull the bow up, and I'm pulling the bow, and I can watch this deer. His head, his chin rising with the bow. It is rising with the bow. I get the bow into the into the stand. This only happened a few one time. Get the bow into the stand, knock the arrow, and I was like, I could kill you right now. I could have killed you on the ground if I could shoot. You almost should have just for the story. Yeah, and it was just like I watched him. He stood there. He was 20, 20 25 yards from the tree, mm-hmm. right in my shooting lane. I get up there, he watched it all go up. And uh, eventually, he meandered off. He, his tail flickered <laughs> like, a couple times. He turned and walked away. He just did his thing. But it was in the prime rut. It was like October 28th or mm-hmm. 6th or something, just like you said. Yep. They can get crazy. <laughs> they they surely don't make smart decisions. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So I'm like, okay, well, that's cool. I saw a buck. It's not bad. You know, and I, I'm just kind of getting settled and... It's, you know, whatever. I think it was getting light out around 8 o'clock. This was prior to, to time change. And right around 9 o'clock. Now, this was also a special day in the Pennsylvania woods because it was junior and senior rifle doe season. They've opened mm. this up a couple couple years ago where if you're a junior license holder or a senior license holder, you're allowed to shoot a doe with a high-powered rifle during this time in October. And I know the neighbors that border this very well i i grew up it's a hunting camp i've grown up with these people and i know they bring people in that you know whether they're seniors or children and it was just banging over there i mean we're talking like three four shots i probably heard a dozen shots by nine o'clock and they were like boom boom and i'm like hard rifles yeah that's crazy and i'm like "Ah." and then you know duck i think duck was in or some kind of migratory bird, and then you'd hear the shot yeah. boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, wow, this is this is neat. I mean, on one hand, I'm like, a lot of people are enjoying this day. This was a really nice day. Kind of wet, not like really loud leaves, but it was cool, but not too cold. It was like the first good cold front coming in because we had a stretch of pretty warm October leading yes. up to this. And uh, I'm like, there ain't nothing going to be like really not on pins and needles right now because it sounds like they're doing deer drives over there. And so I'm looking like where I want the deer to come from. And I just see, you know, whatever, 80, hundred yards out there. I see legs walking parallel to me left to right. And I'm like, Oh, look at that. There's another deer. And I'm like, I could see rack from here. Imagine that. Like, yeah, you're going to walk out of my life. Just completely dismissive of it. And because I'm facing the tree, how these saddles work, I face the tree. And one might say, well, now you have a giant blind spot. Yes and no. Any deer that's coming at me isn't going to see all of me. Yeah, you can use that tree as a... You can cover yourself with the tree. And if you get too skinny yeah. of a tree, you can be screwed. If you get too big of a tree, you can be screwed. Mm-hmm. They all have their goods and bads. And I'm like, oh, look at that. You're out there. And he's he's not doing much. He's like nose on the ground probably eating acorns you know itching his nose doing whatever walking and he gets onto the right side of the tree for me which 
in these saddles, the, the, the lingo is your strong side and weak side. So like for yeah. me, I'm right-handed. My strong side is the left because if I were to shoulder a rifle, I will swing much better on my left side than I will on my right side. If that makes sense, the strong weak side. Mm-hmm. So he gets from my strong side of the tree to my weak side. And I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. You're, I mean, from what I can see, I'm like, yeah, you, you're a legal buck. You're at this distance. I know you're good. I'm not sure yet. And it, it kind of turns and starts walking to me. And I'm like, you're going to come right where I think you're going to come. And I'm like, this never happens. And I'm, I'm very dismissive of this deer the whole time. And I'm just sitting there like cool as a cucumber. Like this is neat. And I, I recognize the buck. It was the buck that was there an hour before the two people walked through. And yeah. I remember looking at that deer and I've looked at trail camera photos before. I'm like, and I've just had this feeling. I'm like, I'm going to see you at one point. And here it is. I'm face to face with this deer. And it gets like 35 yards in its broadside, and it's perfect between two trees. I'm not going to shoot you. Just go on. And then, of course, it gets yeah. a little bit closer, 20, 25 yards. Not a great shot, but I could, I could. it wasn't a completely wide-open kill zone. I could easily put an arrow there. You're on my weak side. Like, now nah, I made up my mind. Get out of here. And it turns and kind of walks its path out, and it disappears kind of like where it came from. I'm like, okay, what did I just do? Yeah, and then like, just, uh, like I talked, I was, I told you this the other night, Todd, then the nerves hit me and I'm just uh-huh. like, like, I'm like, I wasn't nervous over this deer. I kind of knew I was going to pass him, but I'm like, what, what's going on? You getting the butterflies in your stomach? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is this telling me I messed up? Did, did I let this, like this blinder that I want uh-huh. a certain level of deer and I, it was a good buck. It was a good average PA buck. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. Whatever. Just who cares? Yeah, it's over. It's over. Done. It's done. He's I'm gone. hunting a new buck. He's out of your life. Yep. yep. And then the <laughs> idiot comes back. And <laughs> only this time he's coming from my weak side. He just, he went away and I know he was gone five, 10 minutes. Not, not a whole lot of time. And he starts coming from my weak side and he crosses my strong side. I'm like, you're going to go to this shooting lane that I cleared over here. And of course, on a string, he hits the shooting lane, 30, 35 yards. Perfect. It's leg is forward. Just exactly what you would want. Just say, shoot me. And I'm like, and when I saw him that all those nerves completely disappeared and I just went focused again. I'm like, Uh I'm like, I could kill you right now. And I'm like, I gave you a pass once. I'm not going to get, I think I can do it right now. I I could do it right now, but get out of here. And he, he, he kind of turned and he's walking away from me now a different direction. He disappears. And then the nerves hit me again. And I'm like, what is going? And I'm just like, what am I doing? You know, the same five, 10 minutes he's gone. I don't know. He eating acorns or something over there. And then he comes back the way he left. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, well, we're just going to watch you one more time. And again, nerves gone. I'm completely no mm-hmm. heavy breathing, no nothing. By this time, I've watched this yep. deer more than I've been in the stand. And it's coming, and it hit the hit the trail that was clean from the York Rake. And it's walking right to my scrape. And I'm like, this I don't know I if this is a do. sign, but you've hit yeah. every single window that I wanted to shoot yeah. a deer at. 
Yep. And he got to my dumb little scrape. Now, when I walked in, I did dump some more crap on it. And he put his nose down, and I'm like, I can't take it. You're dead. I swung the bow around. (laughs) I settled it. He didn't have his nose down for a second. And I just just went, and it it hit him. And I haven't had a deer take off so fast. He hit full speed. And I'm like, everything happens so quick and on autopilot. I'm like, the new thing in my head is, did I hit him? Did I miss yeah. him? Yeah. And yeah. he he goes through the last shooting lane I would have had on his walk, and I just see the 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 red blood just it just coming out of the entry. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, he's I, he's gonna yeah. die. <laughs> yeah. But I don't I remember the crosshairs being there. That's also another thing that mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking about in, in another show on part two. But I'm like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to die. That's a lot of blood coming out, but I don't think I was aiming for that, but whatever. It's done now. You're really out of my life for temporarily. Yeah. Then uh, I do my new customary thing. I send a picture to you in Vance of a bloody arrow. I get down, <laughs> and I go to the arrow, and I turn and look at my camera, and I'm like, I didn't have the 30 seconds to put batteries in. Because I would have had this deer. You would have had it on there. Oh, gosh. I don't know if I... I probably wouldn't have gotten the arrow hitting him, but I would have mm-hmm. got him entering the frame. Yeah. And if yeah. I would have had it on video, I would have absolutely had him. Had him on there. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. And then I go and, you know, so then before I even get down, I call dad because I'm like, I don't know if he's left yet. And this is not that far of a drive if he wanted to hop on the four-wheeler. And I call him. I say, hey, you know, I just hit a good buck blah, blah, blah. He goes, oh, you know, blah, blah. He's talking. He goes, ah. He goes, hey, my ride just showed up. I got to pack up and leave. I'm like, dang it, another half. If I would have shot him the first time, dad would have had time to come down to find the deer with me. Help help you, yeah. But I was being Mr. I'm going to pass this deer, and that wasted the time that he could have come down and and looked for it. But long story short, you know, I get down. I go back to the truck. I dump the saddle off. I grab, you know, change stuff out in the backpack and I'm like, time for me to go track this deer. And so I get back, I'm like, okay, I hit him here. I'm like, well, all right. There would be no blood really spattered because I could see he made it 30, 40 yards and the blood wasn't even coming to where he would drip on the ground yet. I'm like, I'll follow these tracks and I'm going, going. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I know I saw blood, but there's nothing on the ground. And I'm going, you know, 80 yards now. And I'm like, okay, well, here's some blood. I'm going like, oh, he's bleeding good. Okay, he's going to be dead. Keep going and going and going. I tracked that deer what felt like 200 yards before I actually found him dead. He went off that one property and onto another property, but it was like, wasn't like, it was a walking blood trail. Uh I'm like, what was going on with this deer? He just hit full speed and he went. Well, I find him, you know, I field dress him and stuff and I'm, you know, I called my mom. I said, hey, this is going to be a really long drag on wet leaves. You want to come down here and bring the four-wheeler? I'll I'll have to drag him like 50 <laughs> yards or so. And, yeah. uh, you know, so when I'm kind of, she didn't know where I was at. This is a neighbor's. We don't really go on their property. I said, okay, I'll meet you down at the house. So we, we go down. I go down. To the, I forget exactly. I think I saw three other bucks just on that walkout 
they weren't big ones. There was a, a one doe and a couple, three other bucks. They were smaller four points and what have you. And I'm like, they're everywhere in here. I was just shocked that like I'm walking out. And from the, I didn't know all that happened. Yeah. Yeah. There was just a whole bunch of, they were just everywhere. And, you know, one was like smelling like the blood trail, like, like where the, like the, the track that it made, whether blood was there or not, there yeah. was one like nose down walking down. I'm like, well, this is weird. I was just covered up in these bucks. And, uh, so we'd go down, you know, get the four wheeler and pretty much from there on out, it's standard, typical, hook it up, drag it out, throw it in the truck, go get it taken care of. But that's my, uh, my PA buck story. A buck, and then we'll get in next time to our rifle hunting. Yep. And, like, the whole funny thing about my PA buck was I told you all this work, and I don't even, like, I'm going to say the trees that Dad and I cut, we're probably approaching, like, a 1,000 trees, like a legitimate 1,000 trees this summer, this spring. And I end up shooting a deer not even on that property. Yeah. And, and like, there's there have been comments like that, and, in fact, Dad also shot a buck on his property behind the house, not a couple hundred yards from where I shot mine. So him and I both shot bucks, not even on the property we did all this work in. Mm-hmm. And, like, the rationale behind this was we're not going to just keep grinding on a spot that isn't, like, right now hot. We're going to hunt mm-hmm. the satellites when we're going to swing for the fences, and that's the plan worked even though all that effort went into it. And we don't have, and you're not going to get that every year, but that's, you got to look at how, how success is measured following the plan. So, but yeah, it was, it was a fun season. It was kind of short, but it was also seemed kind of long. Um, because you got an awesome, you got a nice buck. I did. And, uh, you guys got, got to do your hunting. Your dad got to go out West and, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, and then, you know, it's going to be a fun, fun rifle talk. We, we got some more kills that, that happened and, mm-hmm. but good stuff. That's the, uh, part one. Part one hunting. So is there anything you want to talk to or add to this point before I wrap no, it up? I'm good. We'll, ra- we'll wrap it up next time on part two. Hopefully, still hunting. Hopefully Vance is back by then. Yeah. Have no idea where he's at, but uh, part two hunting. Mm-hmm. All right, with That's that, good stories. We do. It's fun to tell them. So, big thanks to Fat Easy Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, Saint Croix Rods, Vix Marine, Ranger Boats, Musky Zinc, and the Musky Max Plus. So, um, with that, everyone, thanks for listening and happy holidays. <laughs>